Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of City Ah Sit Down World Football Index's podcast for your calcio to go and where uh, Richard apparently wants uh, all of our listeners naked uh, or at least those on the YouTube <laughs> channel. Uh, it, 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 unfortunate use of the word bear as we were running late there, Richard. Uh, yeah, yeah. When ciao, you're... Richard. By the way. Ciao. Ciao, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I'm Frank Ravello, he's Richard Carmen. Uh, we got a lot uh, to unpack, another match week in the books. Well, almost, Roma play Empoli uh, tomorrow, so we'll uh, we'll have a little bit of a sneak preview of that. Um, but I'm doing all right, just trying to navigate through. There's too many sports going on at once. It's that time of year, you get, you know... Yeah. Baseball, maybe favorite baseball teams contending. Brewers have a shot at the wild card if they can... Get their act together and Braves in um, first place. Yes, your Braves are, are doing quite well. Uh, so I don't know if anybody's beating the Dodgers though at this rate. And then you go and football has started and mm-hmm. college football, and it seems like uh, seems like nobody that's highly ranked wants to win, especially you know, Texas A and M, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Here, Wisconsin, boy, man, Wisconsin. They just they they they're so Stone Age, and then. Uh, of course, Nebraska needs a new coach. Uh, and then you get into the NFL. That started today. So Sanjar's in the house. Says he's watching Cowboys Bucks right now. So thank you for joining us as well. And yep. um, this lovely Crotone kit I got from the Crotone store. Um, yeah, I got that. I said the year that they uh, were supposed to, were facing relegation, I said, if they somehow survive, if David Nicola can figure a way out, I will buy a kit. They survived. I bought the jersey, so here we are. And it's a beautiful kit. I got you kept set. them in. You kept them in business. Good. I kept them in business. <laughs> um, so we 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 have a guest, or we I think we're going to have a guest. Um, we're efforting right now. I think there was some technical issues. Um, how are we coming along with that, Richard? I'll let you know when he's ready. Okay, we'll get the we'll get the bat signal on that. Um, I think he's good. So, oh, he's, he's good. good. All okay. Right. Well, let's see if we can bring him in and let's see if we can give this a try. The modern wonders of technology <laughs> at its at its finest. So uh, let's let's go ahead and introduce our guest. Uh, this young man is earning his first cap uh, here with the City I Sit Down. 21, year, 21 years old from Montreal, Canada. Football writer for Foot Italia 1, Cult of Calcio, and he just joined Forts and Napoli Press working with our good friend Joe Fischetti over there. Calcio is his life. It's his passion. We say benvenuto uh, to Julian. Um, Julian, I'm sorry I'm botching this. Do you have a last name? <laughs> no, no, yeah, Julian Fastini. No, no, thank you for the, intro, for the, for the very nice introduction. I really appreciate it. Okay, it's Julia Faustini, did you say? Yeah, Julia Faustini, exactly. Faustini, okay. I, 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 I deeply apologize. I thought I had no. all of my... Frank was so busy ragging on me and my bear <laughs> comment that he just botched the in- intro. No, 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 no. Yours is still yours is still worse. You want to you want our listeners to get naked, and I just I don't want that. I want a, a good clean family show. It is summer, so not here. Do- it's raining. It's like pissing on us over here. It's been doing it all day. It's gonna do it all. It's gonna do it tomorrow. <laughs> we have like seven inches of rain. Oh so. my god, Julian! Welcome to City. I sit down. How are you? 
I'm fine. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, looking forward to discussing uh, this uh, Serie A weekend with you guys. Well, before we get into that, why don't we give you the floor a little bit? Uh, share with everybody how you're breaking through here uh, into the Calcio streets, into the English-speaking Calcio streets especially, and uh, how you got started, how it's going, and uh, you know anything that uh, you want to uh, let our listeners know as far as where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, like, like you guys said, I'm doing Fossilier from Montreal, Canada, 21 years old, currently studying in finance, but uh, Kalto has always been a passion of mine. So as a hobby, started uh, my own website, KaltoJulian.com, where I pretty much wrote about Serie A news, game analysis, and Mercato updates. And I started picking up uh, quite a big following. So I started reaching out to other podcasts to collaborate, showcase my work and my knowledge of Kalto. And then naturally, I... Uh, also began showing my work to other Serie A websites. And here I am today writing for the Coto Calcio, Foot Italia, and also the uh, newly uh, the newly made uh, Forza Napoli Press. Okay, wonderful. Um, I'm going to give the Cult of Calcio a follow right now. You can find that at Cult of Calcio, at Cult of Calcio, uh, spelled out exactly uh, as you would see it. And then also uh, Italian Football News at Foot Italia won. So, and of course, Fortsinopoli Press, we all know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, so that is, that is good to go. So, so real good. Glad, uh, glad we could have you on board with us, Julian, to uh, get through uh, match week six. We'll get through some uh, uh, roundup from Europe from last week. We'll preview the upcoming week. A little bit surrounding Yonopoli here, I think, going to Rangers. It sounds like things are going to get delayed with uh, – uh, with stuff surrounding, I believe it's, it might have, does it actually have to do with Queen Elizabeth's funeral procession that the security's not available to? I'm assuming it has to do with Queen Elizabeth. I'm assuming, I'm not quite sure exactly what it is. That's what I understood it to be. I think I got, we got to note our friend, uh, our friend Anthony, uh, one of our regulars here, uh, passed that along on uh, via Twitter today. So I, uh, I wasn't aware of that until, uh, until I saw that. So that's, that's interesting to know. Um, and, uh, but we'll preview things nonetheless this week, see how things will go. And, uh, always we finish with the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Kelt show Twitter? Uh, we've got a lot of good entries again, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good entries, uh, this week. Uh, we'll see who's the winner. Some, uh, funny takes the last couple of weeks. So, uh, I'm excited to see what we got, what the guys have got. I saw some early entries throughout the week. Uh, some including our dear Milan as well in Champions League, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We we uh, I'll tell you what the 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 Calcio Twitter regulars in particular have really upped their game this year. So um, and, yeah. and they, we just won't tell them we're not giving anything away for, for these. You just get the <laughs> recognition of being the winner. So right. we don't even we haven't even kept an all time record of this. So no. we need we to had, we, we used to, to and then we just like man, whatever. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we uh, shall do that now, though, so uh, we'll try to do that. So let's uh, just dive into everything that happened on uh, match week six. Um, everything began on Saturday with Julian's Napoli side. Uh, you can't blame them for being a bit too hungover from that 4-1 win against Liverpool, uh, taking on a Spezia side that um, you know basically was target practice all game. Napoli had 28 shots, six on target. Uh, the one that did go in came from Giacomo Raspadori in the 89th minute, uh, assisted by Gianluca Gaetano. Uh, Spalletti tried to mix this up a little bit with a number of players that uh, featured in the Liverpool game, trying to figure out who and what he could rest. 
Uh, but Napoli getting that win by a goal to nil. Again, 28 shots in that game for Napoli. Um, Inter uh, also needing uh, late heroics through Marcelo Brozovic in the 89th, beating Torino 1-0. This game a little bit closer, and uh, for the second straight match, and I'm including the Bayern game, there is goalkeeping heroics from Inter. Andre Onana basically kept Inter from losing 10-0 to Bayern. Uh, and now it's Samir Handanovic who comes up with seven saves to preserve the win for Inter over Torino. And there were some great chances. How Nikola Vlasic didn't come out of this game with at least a brace, I won't know. Um, some, Doria won, Milan two, goal of the week candidate, the team effort uh, that ultimately ended with Junior Macias finishing in the sixth minute. Um, uh, Rafael Leao would get sent off in the 47th minute. Big blow for Milan. He will miss the upcoming match against Napoli. Uh, basically, uh, second yellow from the attempted overhead kick, missed the ball, got Ferrari's face. Um, that's the risk you take when you go for something like that. And, uh, ascending off for Rafael Leao. Um, Sampdoria take advantage 10 minutes later, Filip Juricic, uh, heading in across from Tommaso Algello. And then it was a uh, penalty, uh, a corner kick, ever so slightly. I mean, this had to go to VAR. This is not something a referee is going to see in the run of play, but it does strike a hand of a Sampdoria defender. Olivier Giroud steps in, takes the penalty, 2-1. Crucial double save from Mike Mignon late in the match uh, to help preserve the three points for the Rossoneri. So, uh, the th- three of the Champions League participants taking part Saturday, all getting wins. On Sunday, Atalanta against Cremonese. Uh, this one ending uh, in a 1-1 draw. Atalanta out doubling up the uh, visitors in shots, 14-7. Uh, the goals, however, it would be Mer- Mary Demaral in the 74th minute uh, from Coop Miners, but just four minutes later, Emanuele Valeri uh, leveling for uh, Cremonese. A 1-1 draw there. Uh, Bologna against Fiorentina. Uh, Luca Vigiani taking over. Uh, right now just as caretaker manager for Sinisi Mihailovic. He doesn't have the gig full-time. Um, but uh, Fiorentina now learning what it's like to have to play every three days. Probably not liking it. <laughs> Bologna coming away with the 2-1 win. Uh, it opened with Quarta scoring in the 54th minute. Musa Barrow would score five minutes later on a mistake. Well, just uh, Igor Julio just had a bad day altogether. Um, yeah. That included. Uh, 62nd minute, he's done it again. Marko Arnautovic uh, now with six goals. Yes, played six, six scored yeah. six. Uh, the man is on fire. Uh, Bologna come away 2-1 winners. See, all they had to do was sack Mihailovic. As hard as that was, uh, they went ahead and did it. And now, they, yep. now they've won a game. Uh, Lecce and Monza. This goes to a 1-1 draw. Um, nobody was there to see it. Somehow there was a Somebody had a camera. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was uh, Stefano Sensi, uh, my goal of the week, in fact, on the 35th minute. So good thing there was a camera there. Uh, brilliant free kick to put Monza up 1-0. But it was Juan Gonzalez in the 48th level uh, for Lecce. Um, you, other than that, you didn't miss anything. If Napoli took 28 shots on their own against Spezia, these two teams combined for nine, uh, you know, in the space of the 90 minutes. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Cut yeah, yeah, <laughs> Catanaccio at its very best, right, from both teams, which is fairly strange. Sassuolo won Udinese 3, Richards 
Richard's golden surprise team, Udinese, they've done it again. Uh, Sassuolo now go 1-0 up through uh, – Fr- was it Fratesi who scored? I thought Fratesi, it was Lorient- yeah. Fratesi yeah. scored. Okay, and then it was Loriente with the assist. Loriente looks useful. Yes. Um, uh, last man foul on Ruan in the 43rd minute, rightfully sent off. Um, Beto scoring in the 75th from Roberto Pereira. Finally, uh, the breakthrough there for Udinese after much pressure. Uh, a goal of the week candidate, Lazar Samarjits, his finish in the 91st, and then Beto just two minutes later sealing it uh, for the Friuli. Um, it was, uh, they were all over him, especially in the second half when they had the uh, advantage. But in the first half, they, Udinese outshot Sassuolo 8-4, to four, uh, so the pressure was on Sassuolo all game. Um, Lazio 2, Hellas Verona 0, uh, Ciro Immobile in the 68th minute, excuse me, um, 95th minute, Luis Alberto puts it away. Um, Lazio probably should have won this by more. Uh, had had certainly had enough quality chances in this game. And then uh, the one that we're going to probably start talking about here, guys, Juventus and Salernitana. Um, are, are Salernitana just pulling randoms? I had no idea they had Piontic. Um, so this is like they're just sneaking these guys in under my nose. But I will tell you that I am a big fan of Pasquale Matsoki. I'm getting on his bandwagon right now. He's that good. guy's going to find work with a top eight team uh, and pretty quickly. Um, you know, just uh, does, a, does a number of things. Uh, he assists on the opening goal for Antonio Candreva uh, to put Salernitana ahead 1-0. Just before halftime, a handball from Bremer. Uh, a Christoph Piantek goal, pum pum pum, two nil Salernitana. Fifty uh, first minute, uh, Bremer from Philip Kostic. Two new arrivals coming from Juventus, uh, combining to score, making it two one. The fun doesn't really happen until stoppage time in the second half. Here, uh, there's a penalty. Le- Leonardo Benucci. Uh, it is saved, and then he he follows through in the rebound. That makes it two two, and then. Uh, Juve think they have the winner through Arkadiusz Milik. Arkadiusz Milik thinks he has the winner, scores the goal, takes his shirt off. Oh, that's his second yellow, by the way. He gets sent off. Then they go to VAR review, and they find out that Bonucci is in an active offside position. And uh, so, yes, sorry, Juve, that is correctly applied. That is the correctly applied rule of offside. Uh, So the goal doesn't count. (laughs) <laughs> Quadrado gets pissed off. He gets sent off. Allegri gets sent off. Federico Fazio got sent off for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's Fazio. Come on. I think, I think there were people at the game that were getting sent off. I mean, if you were in Turin, you probably got shown something red. So it ended yeah. 2-2. Julian, what do we make of such a mad, mad ending to a game? No, I mean, such an amazing... Such a so much excitement out of a fixture where you wouldn't expect much out of it. Like I thought it was gonna be a more soothing game, but man, such a thriller. Hats off to Salernitana, really uh, improving from where they left off last season. I found they were really uh, threatening in the first half. I found they were fearless, trying to go on the counter, showed no fear of uh, possibly losing the ball and having to drop back defensively. They just went straight for it and. It paid off in the first half. It was a brilliant uh, first goal, individual uh, display, step over to, and got the and slotted in the the icebreaker. And from there, Piatek stepped up to the spot and and uh, sealed a 2-0 advantage at halftime. 
uh, was just really sloppy from Juventus, I found, despite Juventus obtaining a point and potentially winning. Although, this, uh, although Juventus fans are disappointed that the three points were taken away from them, I think overall there's still a lot of problems that need to be solved within that squad uh, from Allegri's side. Richard, I mean, it's, it's, it's very rare that a team that has 23 shots, eight on target, can be described as sloppy, but Juventus somehow pulled that off. Yeah, um, and it's funny because, obviously, well, it's not funny because all eyes were on Calcio this weekend, right? Obviously, with the passing of the Queen, right. all the games in EPL were canceled and so or postponed, and so everyone was going to be watching City A, you would think, and, and we, everyone joked. Yeah, the, the highlight that everyone's going to watch is Juve, uh, Juventus versus Salernitana. And it turned out to be a de- pretty decent game, right? But yeah, you know, it was sloppy because Juventus gave up two goals, right? The Mazzocchio with a, with a wonderful play to set up um, uh, the first goal. And then obviously P- uh, Piontek making a 2-0. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? They fully deserved, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then Juventus slogging their way back and, and getting back into it. It was very open still. I mean, obviously, Juventus are trying to catch back into the game. And it's going to be much more open for them. They were still had opportunities to score on the other end. Obviously, Perrin's making some saves, but not the trademark Allegri that you ex- remember from the past. Obviously, the current one, this is kind of what we kind of align with, but they clawed their way back. And obviously, you know, the two goals that happened, but dare I say that Juventus were Juve'd? And why do I say that, right? I was, I, I watched the highlights. I agree from what the call was is that Bonucci was offsides, right? If you look at the play and he, he attempts nope. to play the ball by letter of the law, that is offsides, right? Mm-hmm. But after the game, I saw this picture I want to share with you guys that kind of made me think that Juve got juve There's the other angle. And it's Candreva or whoever it is up here yeah. leaving Bonucci onside. So I dare say that Juve got juve they didn't catch that because the only angle you saw is from the other side, and you're always looking at Bonucci from the back, and he's clearly offside based on that angle. But they never showed this angle. I don't know if it's true. This is what I saw online. But oh, it would appear from this angle this that the goal should have stayed. Spot, yeah. Did they Photoshop, somebody Photoshop that? I don't know. I don't know. That is but A lot of people interesting. were passing this around. I don't know if this is true or not. If it's if true, Juve got Juve. But... You know, it, this, this stuff happens like this all the time. Um, it's obviously infuriating if you're a Juventus fan and, you know, the rivals will laugh and say, ah, you know, hey, whatever, who cares, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately a, a good display for Calcio in the sense that it was – you possibly had a huge upset, right, off the beginning. And then you knew Juventus was going to come back. I was chatting with my buddy uh, Chris uh, from Man of the Post podcast. And, and he's like, oh, should I watch the second half? Because it's 2 nothing." I'm like, you need to watch because something's going to happen in the end. And, of course, Juve comes storming back and nearly won it. I mean, Milik with the with his shirt off, gets a red card, and thought he had the winner. And then all with four reds, four goals. Unreal. This is like the, this is like Boca versus River Plate or something. Yeah. I never, you never expect this coming to reds. Fuji thinks that's a wavy line. It could be. It could on, be. Like I said, like I said, I didn't take it. I didn't. I didn't take the picture, but if it was true, they got Juve. But you know, from what I saw on TV, it was a correct call. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, you know, not to try to go all conspiracy theory. Of course, the 
the golden goose of Italian football can't lose at home to a team that should have been relegated at the end of last season. So <laughs> kind of a shame. So I would say Maretti looks like a fantastic player. A fantastic uh, I player. Agree. And I think Kostic, people were giving Kostic a lot of SHIT. And what he did you, to set you up can, the goal. It's a, this, a, a, this is, kids don't listen to the, you can say shit. That's true. I'll that's say true. it. Apparently anybody listens okay. to this so. Shit. <laughs> Kostic gets a lot of shit, but he did wonderful to avoid Cuadrado to set up that goal, uh, that uh, the first goal of the game, or excuse me, the second goal. Okay, what goal was that? The first goal for Juventus that um, Bremer scored. Beautiful goal yeah. by Bremer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was an interesting game all the way around. Ah, good evening, Presidente. Good to have you with us. So... Uh, Julian, do you know uh, uh, our uh, president of uh, Milan Club Montreal? I mean, I don't know him personally, but I'm aware of the, the Milan Fan Club Montreal, yeah. Look at me asking, like, I think Montreal's this small town where everybody knows everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a okay, ball. I'll, I'll, I'll see here, Fabio Moretti, and I, again, I will raise you Pasquale Mazzocchi. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of this guy's yeah. game. Um you know, you know, just a, a strong, strong on his left foot, uh, great service, and then man, just uh, the double step over uh, on on McKenny. I, I, I was sad to see that happen to McKenny. I saw the replay. I said somebody lost their somebody lost their ankles on that. Arguably, said, oh, the no, two it's... best players in the game were the two youngsters. Yeah, totally agree with that. Yep. We got a question uh, for you, uh, Julian. We got a question for you from Milan Club Montreal. What team do you support? I'm actually an Inter uh, Inter fan. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Okay, I thought you got you right. So you write for Napoli Press, but you're an Inter fan. Yeah, um, I'm an Inter fan, but I do write for Napoli. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's actually a good way to do it because then you don't yeah. you don't write with a, Bias. a biased mindset. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a Roma like supporter it. and you're writing for Napoli Press, that might be. <laughs> Did Jerry yeah. ever write for a Roma? Oh, I don't know. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a good weekend over or a good game overall, I think. I mean, obviously, if you're a Salernitana fan or a Juventus fan, you probably don't dislike it. But right. a lot of chances were created. I thought Salernitana were good on the counterattack. Obviously, their finishing was pretty clinical, right? Both with the penalty spot and also with the with the goal that was scored, uh, the first one that broke the, broke the ice. Um but they gave away the ball a lot, too much, and it gave Juventus more. Juventus don't need help with possession and, and creating chances. And Salernitana, especially when they were up 2 nothing, made it way too easy for Juventus to get back into it, I think. Uh, they should have, this by all, by all points, or by all merit, it sh it's a blown defeat by Salernitana. They should have won this game up to 2 nothing. I don't care if it's Juventus. They should have they won the game, and they didn't. And they, they panicked. They kept it open. And... Came up to bite in the back. It'll, they're lucky they didn't lose three points. But again, very sloppy by them as well. Yeah. Again, question from Presidente: Will Will Allegri survive to eat the panettone? That's the running thing that actually came from our friend Zio, who said, uh, you know, you know, managers that uh, don't make it to Christmas. This is our way of saying managers that get sacked before Christmas. Managers that <laughs> won't be eating, eating panettone, at least where they work, I guess they could still have it. It's just you not know, from their bosses, right? Uh, not from you know. They're not going to eat it for free. They're going to have to go out and buy it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I hope not. I mean, because this is, I'm having fun talking about Juventus yes. like this. I mean, in in, yes. in, 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 a, in, a, in a twisted way. 
yeah. that we that that they're a topic of conversation because of Allegri's tactics, and now he just hasn't gotten with modern times. And you've got all of these other managers who are, you know, trying to play some degree of modern football. I mean, Milan and some of the stuff they did against Sampdoria in that game, my God, uh, Napoli. Um, you know, Inter to a degree, although Inter's, you know, more of a, probably better on, as a counterattacking side mm. and they make it look and they make it look good. We're in it. They're in that uh, they're in that role. And you got Juventus and you're just kind of like, I mean, that Fiorentina game still sticks out like a sore thumb. They score early and it's like there's no interest in attacking. It's like everything is go out of your way to try to secure a one nil win. And it's just like this is stuff that was going on decades ago um you know so it kind of gets a little bit kind of gets a little bit frustrating to watch um i i've seen what what to anthony's point i think i saw bonetti talk about it on uh twitter um i think that juve are locked in with allegri until 2025 um and uh the buyout is um is certainly uh, not going to be very friendly to them. And yes, that certain German manager is now being talked about among Juve Twitter, at least some of the... Uh, Tedesco? Uh, no, I'm Some of the things I've seen. <laughs> uh, no, Thomas uh, Tedesco. Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> but even though, but Tedesco right now would be better than Allegri. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's let's just i mean let maybe we can just kind of just kind of offer some some theories if it you know it's probably not going to happen it's probably going to be a pipe dream and tuchel's probably just going to wait till something opens up in germany and he coaches at home but if agnelli somehow came up with whatever money he could come up with to say okay here allegri we're giving you this much money to never coach my team again and yet have the money to be able to be able to sign on a Thomas Tuchel. That's going to be that. And that's the complication with all this. I mean, they can't afford him, but can Tuchel win with this existing Juve squad? Julian, I'll start with you with the way he plays. I think so. I think it's a bit more offensive minded compared to, uh, compared to Allegri's style of play. I find Allegri after one goal, he sits back. Whereas, Tukal, though, he's a, they're both defensive-minded coaches. I feel like there's more of a a grit. It's it's more of a grit to his um, to his side. It's a bit more concrete, I find. It. He really mm-hmm. goes towards uh, goal within the final third. I, Richard, Richard, your take? Yeah, I mean, I I think he could succeed because obviously the attacking talent at Juventus is very good, right? Especially yeah. if you have a healthy Di Maria. You know, when Chiesa comes back as well. Obviously, Maretti looks like he's a, a gem. Obviously. Uh, so offensively, I think they could, right? And Cuadrado, yeah. whomever on the wings can certainly help. And Paredes with his spreading spend the ball around, they can certainly do it. The question for me is, are they even good enough defensively? I'm sure Tuchel could figure out a way, and like, like Julian said, he's very defensive-minded, could figure out a way to shore up the defense. But uh, what we see, the biggest difference would be the offensive-mindedness of, of, of Tuchel's style versus Allegri, like, like Julian said. Mr. Dinosaur scores a goal and wants to sit back and just yeah. rest on his morals, and it's not the same team that he had in the past. Uh, whereas Tuchel will keep going and try to go for that killer instinct and try to get more goals. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Obviously, I, do, I don't see Allegri leaving anytime soon unless they completely, you know, shit the bed in Champions League and then drop really down the table, mid table or below. Uh, but I don't see that happening at the moment, honestly. For, you know, he did fairly well considering the talent they had last year. 
to resurrect them, and they nearly got the Champions League spots, or they did get back the Champions League spots, excuse me. Uh, so I, I see it's a waiting game. We'll see. I mean, as we get closer to the World Cup, we'll have a better idea of what Allegri is going to give to them or not. So, uh, but it's interesting. It's interesting discussion because Tuchel is one of the you know top managers in the world. Obviously, he has a Champions League in recent memory. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's pretty good. But he's also as good as he is, right? He's a great manager, not that great of a, a person. Apparently, as what right. the rumor is with him is that he's always uh, come very combative with his his, his upper management. And also, you know, he just likes to yell at people. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Him yeah. I'll say that I think that there's potential just with the existing team that he has in house. Um, he'll cringe a little bit because he'll play three four three or three even three three four two one, but he'll cringe a little bit over what his wingbacks will do. I mean, he I mean, he, he could have one of the better wingback pairings in Italy if he sets up that way, where it's Quadrado as a right wingback and then Kostic is a left wingback. And some people will sit there and, and say, "Well, what about?" That's what he did at Eintracht Frankfurt. Okay, it would be the exact same role you would ask him to play. Um, and you'd have Quadrado being effective and not having to be a fullback. And he has got license to play a little bit higher. And you pump these crosses in. You could play Vlaovic and Milik together up front. You could play Moretti behind them. And then you could have a combination, whether if it's Paredes and McKenney, uh, Locatelli, uh, you know, and some of these other guys that sit back in there. You know, there's certain interchangeable parts with what you do with the front three. If it's one, if it's one midfielder, two forwards. If it's two midfielders, one forward. Um, but I think that there's potential with what's in house. If they found a way to get Tuchel on board, I don't think it'll happen. I I doubt it. Um, but it could work. And then you have Bramer. You have oh God, Bonucci can't defend anymore, but he's got experience and. Um, you stick Danilo back there. DeCilio could probably deputize. It, you know, took a loves guys. They seem to, and this might have also been what got him part of what helped get him sacked too. Is he he, he loved wingbacks that could also play at the, as part of a back three, or he tried to do that. You know, Reese James. Um, I think he wanted to do that with Kukurea when he bought him. Um, you know, and then I think Chilwell as well. So. Uh, so it's not out of the question, and it's an interesting topic. It's fantasy right now because I think that a lot of a lot of things would have to be cleared, and a lot of money would have to uh, be given to Allegri um, for all this to ha- for all this to even be a possibility. So um, you know, but it's an interesting discussion. It's, you know, it, it's what it is. I mean, we just continue to see this week in and week out with Juve, and you know, it's why now Richard and I have both predicted that they won't make Champions League next year, that they're going to finish fifth. So um, that it's finally going to run out on them. Um, you know, Anthony made a comment a little earlier about starting a banter era. I don't think that's ever going to happen with Juventus. Um, yeah, unfortunately not. <laughs> you know, and I don't want to get into conspiracy theories over why that won't happen. I'll just say that I think that they're too well backed to fall into that kind of pit. Um you know, just Berlusconi and Galliani couldn't recruit and couldn't have the combination of spending and recruitment anymore with all of the money that was starting to come into the sport. And they just couldn't compete. And they tried to patch it together with loans, free agents, trying to convince us that Fernando Torres could still play, mm-hmm. um, among other among other among other things. So I think they they'll, they'll take the heritage spot. Yeah, it's possible. I think Champions League is going is doing that next year. Um, you know, 
they might look at co- club coefficient. Some of that might be club coefficients. And if you're like a high, one of the highest ranked from a club coefficient standpoint, and you didn't qualify via your league league path, that they will put you in. They will get you in. So who knows? Um, who knows? Uh, the other result that I think we yeah, let's talk. Let's let's jump into the three teams from Saturday: Napoli, Inter, and and Milan, all winning. Um, you know, Julian, I'll start with you. Uh, rank their victories. Wh- whose win was? I mean, and this is a good, challenging question to ask. Whose win was most impressive? Whose was second most impressive? Whose was third most impressive? Julian. Oh. It's tough. It's tough because I think it is impressive that Milan like won two one, like uh, being a man down. But I think Napoli's overall play was was better. So I'm gonna go with Napoli, Milan, and Inter last. Okay. Okay. Richard, how about you? Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you look at the results, but then also you look at the teams that they played. Um, Milan certainly didn't make things easy on themselves with the red card and found a way to get get back a win. Uh, Inter played a very tough Torino squad that everyone's finding out that they're a lot harder than you know they originally thought people thought uh Juric has got the men really humming right now sanabria has found a second life as a new striker there for them uh and then and the napoli spezia i'm actually going to put based on who they played and the situation i'm putting napoli third i'm going to put oh um i'm going to put milan first inter second and the reason i put napoli Third is not because they played poor. I thought they played fantastic. They were dominant. They were not clinical, though. They were not clinical. Havarashelia, Elmas, I mean, the whole gang, they were very good. They were dominant. Um, probably a little bit more turnovers than they wanted, but regardless, they weren't clinical enough, and they should have won like 10 nothing. I mean, as many chances as they had, they should have blown yeah. Spetsy out the water. It wasn't even close. Um, Torino and Inter, that was just going to be a tough game. We knew it was going to be a tough game. Inter struggled all game long. Torino were catching them on the counterattacks. It's you know it's funny because Inter play the counterattack style, but they kept making so many mistakes. Torino started going on the counterattacks, and they were very close many times. Handanovic stood on his head. You know, some of the saves he made was plays of the one of the plays of the week for me. Um, it's just this guy was left for dead, written off, and he had comes up with a huge performance after what Onana did the week, a couple of days before in, in Champions League. So huge by Handanovic, and, to, and then they found a way to win at the end, right? A great pass by Barella to Brozovic, who found a way to get in the net. It's wonderful. It's poetic, right? And then obviously in Milan, they go up one nothing, and then Leao gets a red card at the halfway mark, right? 47 minutes into the game, and Milan had to play 45 minutes down a man. Um, and yes, they had the lead, but you know, they got leveled up, and then they found a way to win it. So uh, that's why Milan just edges Inter for me because, I mean, all the games are good. All teams are impressive, I think, overall. Uh, the only reason, I, like I said, Napoli was third is because they should have done a lot better. Um, I'm going to go with Inter as the most impressive, largely because of who they played and and, and, and with it being Torino. <clears throat> um, you know, uh Torino should have gotten something out of this game, uh, you know. So for Inter to find a way to win, I mean, and that's let's 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 be honest. I mean, part of building title-winning campaigns is when it's not going well for you, or if it is going well for you, or if you're just misfiring like crazy to just find the one that wins you the game. And Inter did that, and and just you know coming off of just 
being second best for 90 straight minutes against Byron, coming off losing the Derby, you know, to rebound and win this game against the game Torino team, a team that's going to give everybody a hard time this season. We've talked excessively about Juric's talent as a manager and what's he get, what he gets out of his teams. Uh, I think that Inter certainly was the most impressive. I'll, I'll put Napoli a close second and I'll put Milan a close third and I'll give you my reasons. Napoli, um, just coming off this famous win over Liverpool, okay? And then prior to that, a come-from-behind win against Lazio. It's very, very easy, you know, to go into this Spezia game and brush them aside, knowing that you've got a Champions League game coming up at midweek, and they never performed that way. Um, and this is, you, you know, Napoli is one of those teams that I've kind of lumped in the category with, you know, Roma, Inter at times. And what was the – what was the uh, – what was the common thread to all three of those teams? Spalletti, um, when he was at Roma, when he was at Inter, and you there were you would see the under Spalletti there would be these mentality lapses. There would be this, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, you know, something just went sideways after everything had been going so great, and it that didn't happen here. This they banded together. They should have won by way more than they did. Spezia is lucky to be out of there, only losing one nil. Uh, and they they came up with the resources to win that game. You know, Milan shouldn't be giving up that def, that defense should not be giving up goals to Sampdoria. Okay, <laughs> and I don't care if they're a man, even if they're a man down. Um, you know, and Judicic, how tall is he? He's a little shit, isn't he? I don't think he's that little. He's not. There's, I guess he's okay. Okay, height. I don't know. Five nine. He's five nine. Richard. He's a little shit. A five foot nine inch little shit scored with his head against Milan <laughs> on Sampdoria. It's a good header. I mean, he... no, it was, it was a very impressive header. You got to. Yeah, it was. It was a good header. I, I'll give it to him. Um, but you have, you know, in Bartolomeo is saying that Sam Skoll is offside. There's some conversation about that. And when I looked at the replay, I kind of did. I kind of did a little head tilt to say, "Is he? He might mm. be." Um, but they let it stand. Um, they let it stand, so we've got to work with the information that we have, unfortunately. Um, but that's one thing. Even even with a, even with a man down, um, layout going for the spectacular. I'm, I'm on the fence. It, it's hard to blame him. If you think you got it, you do it. But when you're on a yellow and you're t- that's a big risk. Um, Did you hear uh, Christina Uncle's commentary on why that was a penalty? I thought it was spot on. I think it was great to hear from referee's point of view. Oh, for the Giroud goal? No, no, for the Leao second red or the yellow. Oh, for the second yellow. yellow. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, because, you know, referee's always going to give contact to the head a yellow. That's, it wasn't necessarily a red, but he was already on a yellow. And you can't, you can't not yeah. give him a yellow. You have to. It's contact to the head. He's clearly bleeding. They had to give him a yellow, and it's yeah. and unfortunate. And like you said, it's one of those plays. And I agree, I agree with Grello on the on the on the on the telecast. You're saying like the forward's going to go for that. He's not even looking at it. There's no intention there. But unfortunately, yeah. contact to the head. It's got to be yellow. Unfortunately, and I agree. And and it's and you've seen sometimes guys going for bicycles and are able to pull out of it just at the last second to cause big harm. And layout didn't. And it's because he probably didn't see the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's hard overall. And you hate now Liao is out for the game against, uh, Havaradona and, um, Napoli. So big loss for Milan there. But is that a game awareness issue that falls on Liao? You're on a yellow. You have this to. This is probably something that you shouldn't try. 
you have to risk. There's always going to be a risk, and you're taking those yeah. shots because it's a risk. But you have to be aware of your surroundings. You have yes. to be because of the situation that happened. Yeah, Julian, what do you think? Yeah, no, no, I definitely, definitely have to be aware of your surroundings. But also, it's it's important to keep uh, to keep in mind of um, whether or not you're on a yellow or not. Especially in their circumstances, Leal's on a yellow. They have a very important game. Yeah. So there's so many factors that come to mind but when it's happening so fast the game it's it's easy to fall to lose track of all that and to yeah it's, it's easy to forget about all that because it's it's occurring so quick yeah. yeah um what do you guys think of the decay to Larry goal uh not counting i didn't have a problem with it it was offsides yeah by, as mateo bonetti says by armpit hairs right um it, it was jeru was offside Right. I, at first, I thought it was De Catalare, and I was like, he's not offside, but it was, it was Giroud, and I think it was the correct call as much as I hate it because uh, I wanted to see him get his first goal. But uh, mm -hmm. know, Julian, what do you thought? Yeah, no, I was definitely happy that he was going to get his first goal. Uh, he's very, he's a very exciting player, such a promising star who joined the Serie A. So I was really looking forward to him uh, scoring his first goal. But yeah, Giroud was offside, unfortunately. I think it was the right call. Yep. Okay. Um, let me just look at what I wanted to bring up as the next talking point here, fellas. Well, let's talk about Udinese. Uh, yeah, I would, that's what I was going to just look bring up. Udinese. Um, Richard's, Richard's second favorite team now. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Um, <laughs> it's better than Juventus, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, let's just have a look. Hold on a second here. What the hell was I doing? I didn't want to look at that. I want to look at this. Okay. Um, yeah, this is pretty impressive here from Udinese. I mean, and it's not like they're playing all bottom bottom relegation strugglers. They're they're four one and one. They they lose the opening game against Milan. They were damn competitive in that game, by the way. Uh, yeah. And then they've gone on a five match unbeaten run here. Um, you know, I size up Udinese's prospects here. I mean. Are they a threat to the top eight? Can we say that? Uh, this Lazar Samarjic, boy, is that a player they needed um, in this setup? Because up until that point, all of the creativity uh, was the responsibility of, uh, of De Lufay. And they got, they got Tolgay Arslan back, too. Uh, which helps them. You get some. You get some play from from Roberto Pereira, and another guy that I'm uh, impressed with here, Sandy Lovrich in the midfield too, Richard, um, has gotten himself off to a, a pretty solid start. Croatian international midfield player um, has a goal to his name, has an assist to his name. He's creating chances. Uh, he's he's tackling the ball. He's uh, getting himself in. He's getting himself in some dangerous areas. Plays with a lot of energy. Um, you had a vision for this Udinese team that I didn't have after they after they lost Molina. You know, when I thought at the time they were going to lose Udoji and then Udoji comes back, um, I'm going to let you take a victory lap here on Udinese. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, what we know is that uh, obviously their manager is very – they can inspire his team absolutely, right? We saw a little bit of that last year. At the end of the season, they really came together as one. Uh, and there's still some good pieces there. I mean, obviously – they got the big man Beto. Delofeo is still there, right? Udoji is still there. He's gonna he's beginning to be leaving to Tottenham uh, in the near future, but he's there right now, right? They got guys like Ivan uh, Isaac Success and um, Arslan is another guy we've been talking about. Pereira is a guy who's who's always been uh, a thorn in many people's sides. Uh, 
many many Juventini probably love him dearly, but uh, they got some they got some decent players here. Nahuan Perez, right? And then uh, so there's a good talent base here. I want to say with 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 Inese. and because that talent base is there, they're going to play everyone tough. And I think the way they ended the season last year is truly indicative of how they want to play and they will play. And because there was no change in management, I felt that they were going to continue that success from the end of last season into this season. And they can compete with everyone in the league. Are they going to win as much? No. Do I think they're going to be in the top eight? I don't think so. There's This league is too top-heavy at the moment. But they're good. And they're going to be knocking on the door for sure. That's why I had them had them and Torino being so, 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 so close. And I felt that they were... When I originally said this, that they were slightly ahead of Torino, you see Torino is really good as well. So both those teams are, are going to be challenging the top eight. But um, this the talent, you, you cannot do well with this team. You just cannot, especially that manager. He knows how to press the right buttons. He knows how to inspire them. Uh, they completely believe in everything he says at the moment. And so you got to think that they're going to make it difficult for anyone they play against in this league, whether it's Inter, Milan, Napoli, or you know when they're playing Spezia or any of the other teams that are you know bottom feeders. So... This team is legit. They're, they're legit, and they're, they're, they'll be knocking on the door of Europe, but I think not quite there just because some of the teams are, are a lot better, I would say, in terms of superstar talent that are, that are available on their teams. Okay. Julian, what do you think? Yeah, are you con- are you concerned about it in Eze? Uh I mean, is this a – I shouldn't say concerned. I mean, are, do you see them as a, as a threat to the, as the, you know, the, 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 the established top eight when you include Fiorentina? I don't think they're going to make the top eight. I think the likes of Fiorentina, Atalanta are are stronger than them. But I do think that they could pose like a, a very huge, significant threat. Like it's so far, what they've accomplished in the first six games is quite imp- is very impressive. Although they lost the, the the opener, they really pushed Milan towards the to the end, and they really tested them and really tried to uh, they really tested them to the limits, and they put on a very good fight and. To be to win four in a row in the la- out of the last six, it's amazing, and the way they've done it so collectively and cohesively against the Roma, the counterattack play, and you have these such uh, impressive talents. You have Beton Darufeo, arguably the most dangerous attacking force in the league. You got Samarjish, who's who's rising up the ranks. He's 20 years old, and he's pretty much showing that he could really step up to the table. Despite being so young, he's so creative, and we saw him score two uh, uh, goals from long range. He's so he's really progressing, and he's definitely one player, one prospect to look out for. Udoji, of course, after last season, he's still uh, uh, continuing off the mark. And yeah, uh, Pereira, they all seem to be uh, tapping in very well together. So it's definitely one team to watch out for, and if they can keep up this consistency and collectivity like uh, that Sotil has established it's, uh, since taking over towards the end of last season, I think they could definitely pose a threat. All right. Um, I, I'm with you guys. I think that uh, I, I think they're a threat. I Okay, short term, they look great. Long term, I think Torino have more quality to them to be the bigger threat. Sure. Okay, I, I just think that I think that Udinese has a system and a style, and they have players that are eventually that that can and possibly will eventually get found out. Um, where I think that Torino have, um, you know, over time, their their organization, their defending things will get better. It's already pretty good. 
you know, it's one of those things you make the comment, you don't get better by losing Bremer, but I mean, you really don't get, you're really not going to get better if you let Ivan Juric go right now. Um, you know, you, you go, you get away from Brekolo, you have to send him back and then you yeah. get Vlasic, you get Miranchuk. Oh, um, yeah, you, you, and, and I think Vlasic is probably an upgrade right now, the way he's playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so I would say excited for what Udinese is doing, but right now there's a cynic in me that just believes that Torino is the longer term threat to the top eight. Um, just on, just on how they're made up and, and, and just on the, the little bit of extra quality that I think they have, um, over Udinese. Well, let's play devil's advocate, right? What what are, what do we say to those who say the only reason Udinese won this big is because Sassuolo had ten men, and rightfully so they were down to ten sure. men because you know the last guy you know took the guy down. But uh, do you think if Sassuolo was a full steam or full full complement of players, would they still have won this game? I think they still do. Julian, um, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I don't think Sassuolo was strong enough defensively in order to hold on to that lead. Uh, although they had, did have a, that was probably the best first forty. That was probably the best forty-five minutes I've seen them play all season. You yeah, considering true. how like enthusiastic they were compared to last season, I think that was the <laughs> best free-flowing free, free flowing, uh, culture we've seen from them uh, for a while. Yeah, I it, it, Sassuolo just they they're they're able to plug guys in. I think the biggest thing right now with Sassuolo that's plaguing them is just trying to figure it out without Domenico Berardi. Um, you know, I think that teams have a little less respect for Sassuolo without him out there. Um, and now Armand Loriente comes in and Did impresses. Well. Yeah. Uh, you know, his first, you know, I think this was his first start, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if not, it's his second. Yeah. Uh, so Sassuolo know how to, you know, uh, you know, plug the leaks in the dam, if you will. Um, and you would have thought they would have probably been able to do that today. Um, but the red card was unfortunate. I, I will say that, um, you know, Udinese, Udinese at the most would have narrowly won. Uh, you could have seen a draw. Uh, you could have seen a 2-2. Wouldn't have been out of the question the way that Sassuolo were playing, to your point, Julian. So, um, <clears throat> but we'll see. I mean, it's just, it's, um, you know, I think that Udinese would have certainly gotten something out of it. It you know, a narrow win at the most if, if Sassuolo was even strength the whole game. Um, you know, draw would not have been out of the question either. So, uh, you know, with a, with an, the, the red card, let's just face it, I mean, it killed it, it killed the game. So um, let's finish with Lazio and with Fiorentina. Um, two teams that are playing in Europe, two teams that had uh, – wide ranges of uh, opposite ends of the spectrum as far as success goes over the last few days. Um, Fiorentina, I don't know how many more times they, they played Riga, and I don't know how many more times they could sh- – I mean, I think they, they I think they had like 10 shots on Riga before the game even started. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. And to come out of there with a draw um, is – you know, and now to pick yourselves up and you're going to play a Bologna team that now has to, you know, that's getting a little bit revitalized. Mihailovic is out, new, you know, interim coach coming in, a little bit different ideas, maybe a little bit inspiration to play. Um, and then 
they they dropped that game where Lazio they destroyed Feyenoord. I watched the game. I think it ended four two. It wasn't that close. No, yeah, it's four nothing. Um, yeah, and uh, follow that up by beating Hellas Verona and, and playing well. It almost felt like an. It's a Feyenoord team that's that's not what Feyenoord was last year. They lost a lot of play. Yeah, you know, Sinistera over at uh, Leeds United, and then there's one or two other players that were with them that I can't. Um, uh, that I can't remember their names. Uh, so they're certainly not the same team that they were last year. But to rebound and beat um, Hellas Verona might say something about what Lazio are up to. Might also say that, you know, Hellas Verona just isn't very good either. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's uh, Dessers left. Is that the other guy that I'm thinking about, Apex? I think that's what you're trying to tell me. Okay. So these are the two teams that I think are famously being looked at is that one's going to finish seventh, the other's going to finish eighth. Do we look at this four-day window as a suggestion of maybe – because I had Fiorentina over Lazio. I'm just – you know, that, that, that's what I had. Right. Um, but yes. are we – do we look at this four four-day window here and suggest that this is a sample that can tell us that Lazio are definitely going to make Europe and Fiorentina aren't, or is this, is Fiorentina just getting unlucky here? Um, you know, at this stage of the season, uh, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that guys. Julian, please, by all means. Yep. Well, especially this game, I think they're unlucky. Like considering so many shots, they weren't able to find the back of the net, but I think, I don't know, because I also thought that Fiorentina were going to finish above Lazio at the beginning of the season. But I think so far, it, it looks like Lazio are going to finish, like based on the the these these first couple games, I think it, it seems like Lazio is going to finish above Fiorentina. They, they're playing with so much more confidence. And I find that they're, the way they're creating, you have Luis Alberto, who's really reaching the heights right now. Milinkovic-Savic, as usual, he he hasn't uh, dropped off the mark from, uh, from last season. Uh, Chiro Immobile is starting to find his groove again uh, after his impeccable season last year. Zakani, who played really well and who's pretty, pretty much proving to be a very underrated winger within the league, the way he takes on defenders one-on-one. They have a lot more quality than many people think, so I wouldn't necessarily count them out and... Right now, Sari seems to be getting the best out of them. And Cancellieri uh, too played. Casale uh, made his debut, and I found he was quite impressive in the back of, uh, of for Lazio. And I find that like, he's doing a good job address, uh, for, uh, filling the void within that centre-back center role, uh, a position where Lazio struggled with last season, and it was, uh, it was hard for them to... Uh, defend and hold on to leads at times so it was one position they need that they needed to address and i think casala is proving that he could be that top dog to uh fill that role so yeah i think so far lazio have been super impressive and for what i'm seeing i could definitely uh for what we witnessed so far i could definitely see lazio finishing above uh, yeah i think that uh what we saw from both these clubs right is uh Pretty decent indicator of how the season going to go because both of them are in European play. Um, Lazio have had experience, obviously, with European play and, and playing on that three, four day schedule. Sadi has a lot of history with it, right? He's won a European Championship, you know, a Europa League title with that. Um, so 
they're going to be better suited to handle it. They have a little bit better depth as well than Fiorentina. Uh, all the oxen free is, you know, got the hit the nail on the head. They're not used to this kind of style of playing every three, four days. And I think as many teams have found out as Atalanta has found out many times is that if you don't have the depth, if you don't play the right style, if you try to play the same bodies over and over again, you're going to tire them out and it's going to, something's going to suffer. It's either going to be a European play or your league play. You're not going to do well in both um, unless you have a deep squad or, or, or a good rotation, a good game plan. And I don't. I think Vincenzo Italiano has figured it out. He does. Uh, and so I think Lazio and Sadi have the advantage of it right now. And it also helps that they have a pure goal scorer in, in Chiro Immobile. That helps, right? Anytime you get Chiro Immobile there, he's going to score goals. And let me ask a question to you guys. Is there, Who's the more pure scorer in the league at the moment? Is it Chiro Immobile or is it Arnautovic? Arnautovic, he's putting the ball in the back of the net like it's nothing. And, and Immobile too. But, I mean, Immobile's been doing it. What do you guys think about the, those two guys? I think it's an Arnautovic right now. Right now, immediately. Right now, for, yeah. You know, I mean, Ever so slightly, maybe. Yeah, I mean, long-term body of work, it's Chiro Immobile and it's not even close. Yeah. Um, but the form that Marco Arnautovic is in right now is astounding. Um, he's single-handedly keeping uh, Bologna afloat um, right now. So through his goals, we talked about last year. What did we talk about? We talked about Caleri being Joao Pedro dependent. We talked about Lazio being Chiro Immobile dependent. And right now, Bologna is Marco, Marco Anatovic dependent. And they are probably on their 12th right now on six points. They might have two points if he's not in their team. Yeah. Julian, do you think uh... – Right now, you think it's Arnautovic is a better striker, or, or are you still going with Ch- Chiro Immobile? No, I definitely have to. Uh, I definitely have to agree. Uh, Arnautovic is the the better striker right now. I think the way he's pretty much carrying his, the team on his own compared to Chiro Immobile. Chiro Immobile is obviously surrounded by more talent and more skillful players who are able to supply for him. Whereas most some of those goals from Arnautovic, he's pretty much showing individual display of holding yeah. off his marker and like going towards goals. So he's showing that despite being <clears throat> a little bit uh, towards the back end of his career, that he still has it in him and he has the, those goal scoring instincts that a pure striker yeah. needs. And yeah, for sure. Uh, and like we said, Bologna, for sure, without Arnautovic, they would be in uh, deep waters right now. And with Arnautovic there, they're pretty much at shore. So we'll see how the how the long long term. It's hard to tell, but so far, he, he's considering at the beginning of the season, everyone went crazy about him possibly going to Manchester United. Uh, he seems to be uh, shocking a lot of people after we mm-hmm. laughed at the, those uh, potential uh, rumors. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an interesting question here in the chat about is Sadi. And that was the wrong one. Is Sadi uh, stamping his mark on the squad? And I think he's starting to, Frank and Julian. I think he is. But what's what's rubbing me the wrong way, and I think it's holding them back from reaching their eventual p- full potential, at least offensively, is this whole relationship with Luis Alberto. For some reason, he has something against him for whatever reason, and he's not starting him as often as he should. When Obviously, when Luis Alberto comes off the bench, he's a fantastic player. He's obviously going to uh, change the game up, and he has. And I don't know if Saudi wants to use him that way, but... Luis Alberto needs to start games, guys. I, I don't I don't understand what this issue is with Sadi and Luis Alberto. Uh, I know I've heard it in the past. I just can't remember it at the moment. But I think that's the one thing that's holding them from achieving their full potential. Because I think if you have Luis Alberto and SMS playing from the start of the game, that's going to be a super dangerous team 
going forward with Akanyi and Immobile and the rest of the guys up there. Um, and that's the only thing right now that's keeping them from being that, that super, super deadly threat. I mean, what do you guys think or your thoughts on Sadi and stamping his uh, his mark on the team? Um, I don't know if I'm there just yet as far. I, I, I think, you know, we, I, I think he's doing a fine job right now. Um, they get to go to Denmark. They get to go to play a Midtjylland. I expect them to win and I expect them to score multiple goals again. Um, but you know, as far as the Luis Alberto relationship, um, I, it's, it's perplexing to me because when you maybe look at it on the surface, he's supposed to be their best playmaker. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, he, he was fantastic in the Feyenoord game in particular uh, when he got the start. But um, maybe, you know, and then to Bob's point, maybe Saudi wants to go with something that's safe to begin the game and just kind of make sure that he's got things. He might be looking at protecting his defense, which is can be brutal at times, okay? Um, and he may be looking at wanting to start a game that way and that he's got – Zakanye, he's got Felipe Anderson, who are productive on the wings. They can use Sergei Milinkovic Savic in some of his passing through the midfield, and that's plenty. And then he's got other players in there to to provide some protection, some defense, because the defense so far for Lazio has not been uh, overly impressive. Um, you know, that's when fair. you look at them, so it could be that. I mean, and, and I say that it's kind of and it's kind of being harsh on Lazio because they've played six games and they've only conceded five goals you know, in the league. So I, I think that maybe they look at um, Alberto and SMS together and realize that, that they're, they're just too stretched if they start that way. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that they take their chances after that. That's, that would be the theory that I would have towards it. So, but Saudi seems to have this under control right now with just wanting to go with, you know, uh, Luis Alberto being a bit of a super sub here. Um, you know, in league matches and not playing them from the start. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And you agree with that, Julian? Yeah, no, I definitely would love to see Luis Alberto and Milinko and Savage start together. Like, I think that would be such a such an, a, a crazy midfield to see right from the right from the start. But I, but it seems like Saudi does. Like, although perhaps not the most impressive defensively, I still think there, there needs to be some fine tuning within the back line a bit. They mm -hmm. need to be sharper. I do think that he it, it's it's a, it's an improvement compared to last season. I find defensively and offensively the way that they're creating and building out of the back, it's a huge improve. It's quite a big improvement from last season. And although yeah. he's not starting Luis Alberto, like or Pedro, one of his more talented players, what he's doing seems to work because we've seen it against Inter where he subbed on both uh, Luis Alberto and uh, Luis Alberto and Pedro when they were down and when they were drawn when they were level of one one and he they both of them scored so he seems to be making although it's it, it's shocking like he seems to be, uh, be aware of what he's doing and it's it's coming off really well for the team so I think he's pretty much uh, putting a stamp uh, on this squad, although perhaps defensively it's not up to par yet to what most people would want or expect uh, from a Lazio side, it's definitely getting there, I think. Right. 
I only, I, it only took me an hour, but I just realized you got a Javier Zanetti jersey right behind you. I'm like, how did I miss that from the beginning? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little slow. No, you're just a me. You're just a Milan fan. You know, you you don't I'm... recognize those things as quickly as <laughs> as other Calcio fans. That's do. probably it. That's probably it. <laughs> so, I, I I knew it was there. I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> so. Oh, all right. Because I it would have come out like, oh, the guy's got a framed Zanetti jersey. Who did we bring on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. Um, so interesting timing. I I, I want to revisit the Fiorentina discussion about the squad. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of attackers. They've got a lot of midfielders. They're woefully thin in defense. Um, when you take a look at them, I mean, they, they've got, they've got quality defenders when you get Dodo, Quarta and Milankovic, but that's it. And you can't have those three guys playing every three days. Um, you know, it's really hard to do. So Igor Julio is going to have to play a spot game here and there, which how he ended up on a team like Fiorentina still is beyond me. Um, Terzic is, it just, it's, it's not working. Um, you know, those are among, those are two guys among, among the frame, but they, they have a surplus of midfield players that I'm curious to see how Mandragora is going to keep all of them happy, um, as the season goes on. So, but it's, um, you know, it's what it is, but I think that the lack of depth in defense makes it hard for Fiorentina to be able to manage a, a, a fixture workload of every three days. So. And I, I th- also think that with Fiorentina, they play, and this is Vincenzo Italiano's style, but they play way too aggressive. Hmm. And they're caught, leaving themselves very vulnerable in the back. And, oh, by the way, they cause way too many turnovers. And they leave themselves way exposed in the back as the teams hit them on the counterattack. And then they, 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 they're, they, they're clinical. They put it away. And so Vincenzo Italiano's got to find a way to balance that, right? Yes, you have attacking talent on your team. You want to take advantage of it, but you can't leave your defense exposed like you have been. And right. when those counterattacks happen, you need to find a better game plan to manage that counterattack because you know it's going to have to play the high line, play aggressive, but maybe you got to turn tone down. So and they have lots of possession, obviously, but they need to tone down maybe some of their super aggressive passing and try to, or at least try to have a one of the back the backdoor guys, whether it's a right back or the right uh, right winger, uh, to drop back. And Bonaventura used to do it at Milan back in the day, right? Help out defensively. Maybe they need to do that a little bit more because they're way too exposed. And then obviously teams like you know Bologna are going to get those goals. Those two goals pretty much happen on counterattacks. And so, yeah, that's one of the big flaws for me. I see that under Fiorentina and and uh, Vincenzo Italiano. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's and that's where I think it might kind of. Hamstring them, you know, as as we go on. I mean, at some point you're going to have to look at this and say, well, do you want to get back into a decent European place? I mean, you need to take what you did last season and back it up, follow it up with a, a similar, maybe even better result to show that this project is on the move and 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 they are a threat. And you might have to sacrifice the Conference League to do that. You know, how important is that to – sure, it was great to have the atmosphere at the Artemio Franchi on, on Thursday night for a European match, okay? But um, at, at what cost do you want to do this, you know? And I think that that's something that they're going to have to consider. So, there's a good way to cover match week six, I think. Um, yeah. 
It's nice to have, a, nice have a, a guest though, was to help us break it down. So always great. Um, so we get just hearing our voices over and over again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, we do have Empoli hosting Roma uh, tomorrow. You know, Roma's kind of in a. This is kind of a find a find yourself kind of situation for Roma. Um, Sink or swim. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, uh, coming off of the the heavy loss to Udinese and then losing at Ludogorets um, on Thursday in the Europa League to open things up there, you almost feel like that. I don't want to call this a must-win game for them, but a, a win certainly would be nice to steady the ship a little bit here and kind of keep Roma fans, um, you know, off of thinking that there's a real that there's a real crisis now. That Ludogorets game, they dominated that game. They just didn't score enough. Um, they got one goal. Um, so That's the theme for the season yeah. so far, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. They they get all of these chances and they just can't score enough. Um, and then Udinese beat them, you know, and pretty much beat them with the counterattack, um, you know, which is what they're good at doing. Roma Roma came alive against Monza, but that's not a big deal uh, from from what we've seen so far from Monza this season. So traveling to an Empoli team that just likes to apparently draw everybody, um, four straight draws, 2-2 uh, with Salernitana, 1-1 with Hellas Verona, 1-1 with Lecce, and then they did have that Tuscan derby end in the draw against Fiorentina, and credit to them, they did it on 10 men. So I, I look for Empoli to be in the 55 to 57% possession range. I think they're going to have the ball more, um, and I think that that's going to suit Roma in this game. I think Mourinho is going to be happy to set the game up that way um, and be able to hit Empoli on the break. Now, Sebastiano Luperto is playing all right, um, but we've seen him be very, very poor. Uh you know, at times. And then we look at Ismaili, who is his partner in the back, who looks to be a, a, a little bit of a revelation. Um, you know, but then you've got uh, you've got playmakers in this in this Empoli team that like to keep the ball. Piazza is going to start. I, I, it's just Stojanovic from the right hand side uh, as a fullback can come forward and provide service. Uh, Haas is decent. Birandelli, uh, Bondinelli, I'm sorry, Bondinelli's decent. And then you got Lammers and Satriano up front. Um, enough to put some pressure on this Roma team and enough to want the ball, which will set Roma up for the counter. And I think that that's how this game goes. I think Roma win it 2 1. I'm gonna go 2 1. Um, I, I think that Empoli will get one here. Um, but I think that Roma right the ship. It's going to be uncomfortable at times for Romanisti, but in the end, they're going to get three points and get back on track. Uh, Julian, your thoughts on tomorrow's game? Yeah, no, I definitely think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, although Empoli is struggling like a little bit compared to last season, I found last year they were a bit more dominant than some of those games where they drew within the first uh, within the first uh, couple of games, like they would have won last season. I found they were more efficient attacking wise, but mm. they still have quite a few uh, quite a few uh, fundamental pieces. Bayrami, who's very impressive, Henderson on the wing. So like it's still a, a fun side to watch. But I do think that Roma are going to win, especially like knowing Mourinho, the type of character he is, like. Usually, when it's those uh, make or break moments, uh, he he usually seems to uh, rise to the occasions. I think a, a two-one uh, Roma victory is fair. Uh, I think it's a fair uh, it's a fair prediction. All right, Richard, are you on board with that, or do you have a different prediction? No, I, I think I'm I'm agreeing with both you guys. I think you know I fully expect 
Roma to win. I also fully expect Empoli to score a goal, right? I, I, they, they seem to always find a goal when they need to, uh, whether it's Sam Lammers or, or you know, be Henderson coming from the midfield. Um, they're going to find a way to score a goal for sure. They may even get the first goal of the game to make it really rocky for Mourinho and his men, but I, I think there's too much talent on this Roma team, and they've created opportunities left and right all season long. They've just not been clinical. Maybe this is the game they needed to wake up and – a shot in the mouth to kind of like get back into the into, into the play of things. Now, obviously, having a four nothing type of game or five nothing game would really help them, but I don't know if it's like it's going to happen. I, I do see a window two one sounds like a, a pretty pretty fair scoreline to me, honestly. Yep. All right, so we're all unanimous thinking that Roma is going to win two one. So nothing exciting for those of you who like to gamble uh, in the betting markets because Roma is a minus one thirty seven favorite. Both teams to score, uh, yes, is at minus 125. And then the over two and a half is at minus 125. So you can bet those. You're just, the return's not going to be all that exciting. So, Bob, to answer your question, I'm not worried about Roma's defense no. just yet. Now, Selic needs to play more than Karsdorp for sure, but uh, I'm not worried just yet. Like, you know, talk to me in 10 more games and maybe I have a change of opinion. But uh, at, at the moment, yep. I'm okay with their defense. Yep. All right, uh, Richard, why don't you take us through a European roundup here? All right, so uh, talk about the last week's this last week's uh, games. Uh, let's see here. So oh, both um, we can, last week and yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. No, I can do that. Uh, so first off, uh, let's see. Looking for the Italian teams. Uh, we'll start with Milan on the road to Salzburg. Um, <laughs> An embarrassing goal to give up if you're Kalulu and Magnon, but uh, the double nutmeg there by Okafor gives Salzburg the lead 1-0. Uh, but Milan do come back uh, before halftime with uh, Salsicha Maker getting a goal. Yes, Salsicha Maker is scoring goals uh, in Champions League, and then Messias has scored goals in the, in the league. But 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 we needed a right winger. I know, I know. We do, <laughs> me too. Who scored in the Champions League and the league. Um, <laughs> but 1-1 yeah. is the result. Um, interesting game. Uh Salzburg are who we thought they were, right? To quote the, some of the NFL guys, um, they're a good team. They're going to be tough. They're especially at home. They're tough. And Milan found out that they were hard, right? And so a uh, good game for Salzburg in this one. One one was a draw. And the share point, I think it's a fair result for both teams. Uh, moving on to, oh, Juventus. Uh, some people are predicting this game to be, you know, seven nothing, ten nothing. You know, for PSG. It started out that way, right? Um, some guy I never heard of, Kylian Mbappe or something, two goals right away. And I'm, you're thinking, oh, here we go. But uh, I'm, fam- I'm, I'm, I'm slightly familiar with his work. Apparently he's French or something, right? Um, <laughs> but the second half, a little bit better from Juventus. They get the goal, make it 2-1, to one, and made it somewhat competitive, right? It could have been a lot worse, obviously. The goal helps it. But 2-1... Uh, to one, could have been a lot worse, and uh, you know what's bad at you know what's bad at Juve when Juve Twitter are actually celebrating this. They're celebrating a defeat, like like they're basically collectively got on there and said we didn't suck that bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, speaking of uh, celebrating defeats, uh, sorry, Julian, um, Inter hosting Bayern. Uh, and another game that people thought maybe this could have been a blown out, right? And, you know, this is a funny game because, yes, Bayern are good, but interesting to rise to the occasion on sometimes on these kind of situations. Bayern were very possessive, I guess, had a lot of, had a lot of the ball, scored a couple yeah. goals. Feisty game yeah, at the end think. of it. Uh, but two goals for them, 2 nothing with the win. Um, lots of uh, love, I guess, between Kimmich and uh, Lartaro towards the end there, but... Um, it's going to be a good second leg, I think, when we get to that point uh, later in the in the match A6, it is, or whatever it is. But 2-0, uh, Inter lose at home in this one. And then to round out the, the games that were played, 
Napoli hosting Liverpool. Game could have gone either way, but uh, it was only going to end one way. This way it showed up. The, the uh, Stadio Maradona was on fire. The, there's probably nothing better than hearing the, those fans cheering, you know, the champions uh, during the Champions League anthem yeah. there. And uh, they completely blew Liverpool out of the water. Went up 3 nothing. Uh, Liverpool got a goal back, and then Liverpool, and Napoli scored immediately back. I mean, it could have been like a 10-0 game, 10-1 game, really. Napoli were that good. Uh, Havarshelia, as advertised, right? Embarrassed Gomez, embarrassed uh, Trent and Alexander-Arnold. Um, a fantastic performance all the way around. Kim did very well. Osimhen did well. Uh, Simeone did well coming off uh, off the in a relief appearance uh, in the early, late in this first half. So 4-1, Napoli destroy uh, Liverpool. Um I wow. said there'd be five goals in that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I predicted three two to uh, three two to Napoli. I don't know so. if the diehard, most diehard Napoli fan would have said they would have scored four goals and and whooped Liverpool as bad as they did. Um, what a performance there! Anything that, from these games that you guys want to talk about? Julian, I'll start with you. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's fair to say Napoli was super impressive. Uh, the way yeah. they were attacked from the very first from. Right from the whistle, they were they just went forward and the Liverpool was not able to contain them, which led to the the first penalty shot, which uh, which led to the first penalty shot, and then eventually Osiman beating Van Dyke on the break and causing a second penalty shot. Uh, although it was missed, uh, although it was missed, they seemed to capitalize again yeah. uh, later on. Anguissa, um, I really enjoyed that Napoli midfield. Both Anguissa and Lobotka were impeccable. Yeah. Uh, Anguisa was dynamic. Lobotka, his switch of play, his technical ability, it was just on full display. And for Kavarakshelia, it's as if whenever he plays, it's as if he's just a, an artist on the canvas. Just, <laughs> yeah. everything, he, everything he wants to, everything he puts on that canvas, he just executes it to perfection. He's like a little kid playing in the park. Uh, it's such a joy to watch him play. Uh, he's just so creative and so strong technically. It's as if nobody could stop him he's just in his own world right now and yeah no I'm, it, it couldn't have gone better for napoli it was almost uh it was almost like living in a dream for the for the tifosi at the diego maradona stadium it was very nice to see and Dries burton's there with the maradona jersey uh watching from the from the stands yeah Frank. that was nice um i think that we learned that this is going to be more difficult for inter than we thought um this group i mean i think people look at the brand name and initially we look at the brand names and say okay yeah they're they're probably uh they're probably going to finish third but then you look at well this probably suits them because they're going to see a Bayern team that's going to want the ball they're going to see a barcelona team that's going to want the ball and they can counter on them um but what we're learning is that there's some parts to inter's defense that aren't working like they used to um and that is causing some huge problems. We're learning. We're learning that Denzel Dumfries can't defend. Um, he just wants to play full. He wants to play forward from his wing back position. I thought that Darmian should have played from the start um, in that game. Uh, and and given, uh, I believe it was uh, 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 D'Ambrosio some help on that side, dealing with the likes, you know, Mane, Sane coming at him, and things like that. Um, so I was surprised that Inzaghi kept Dumfries in there. Um, the the Napoli game was outstanding. Uh, but we, we, I mean, anybody that had been watching the Premier League up until that point had been watching Liverpool and saying there's just huge cracks in their 
their defense too. Um, you know, teams that are trying to figure it out without losing a key, you know, w- while losing a key player are certainly there for the taking, you know, and in Liverpool's case, it's Sadio Mane trying to figure out, you know, they're certainly trying to figure out their attack. Um, and then they also have not had Matip totally fit, which is probably the most ideal partner for Van Dyke back there. So that's another way to get at them. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold just can't defend. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. I think I said it. I said, you know, I said basically just gawking over the man's ability to cross and shoot and all that other stuff, just polishing the turret. I said, the guy can't defend. I mean, just go look at the Champions League final. Where did the goal come? Where did the goal end up being finished? It ended up being finished behind TAA. He lost sight of Vinny and Vinny scored. Yeah. Okay, so... I thought there would be a great opportunity for Fadaj Kalia to come out, have a coming out party in this game. He had an assist. Uh, this ended up being a, a Piotr Zielinski game, who I still think is the big, big reason behind Napoli's. I mean, yeah, yeah, Cavara's outstanding. No, don't get me wrong. I think he's excellent. But I think this once Fabian Ruiz left, this was Zielinski's midfield. Um and, and he's taken it. I think that, you know, and I'm going to keep banging the drum for him because nobody, everybody's all on the Kavara train. And you can be. You should be. Absolutely. But, man, Zielinski has under the radar stepped up big time uh, for this Napoli side. And no one's talking about it because of the guy to his left. And, and, and maybe yeah. the guy behind him, Kim. You know, they're all excited about those guys. So you got a guy there in-house that you've had there, and all of a sudden he's balling out for you. You better start uh, talking about him too. So, um, it's just where I feel about it. Milan, any, any away points, a good point. It is. I mean, even Salzburg, um, tricky place to play, tricky opponent to play coming off a of Derby. If you can get one, find a way to get one, set yourself up. This still comes down. I still feel this comes down to Milan and Chelsea, uh, because, I'm going to, you know, Zagreb is also a very horrible place to try and go and get a result. And Chelsea learned that the hard way. Uh, They also stopped playing for their coach, too. Uh, That didn't, so that didn't help. And then Juve, yeah, I mean, that's about as good as you can ask for against a team like PSG, who's going to be one of the favorites for this. Um, You know, to go and give a somewhat decent account of yourself, be in a position to give you a chance to steal a point from Paris. So, uh, yeah, I'm overall, I, would give the Italian effort in Serie A, in, in Champions League. Um, I'm going to give it a B minus. You know, I mean, Napoli skews it positively. Um, sorry, Julian Inter skews it negatively. Um, you know, and then I think that um, Milan and Juventus were probably about what you would have expected from them. Who's that for? Uh, the, the overall grade for Serie A in the Champions League last week, a B minus. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think yeah. um, good performance all the way around. I think uh, obviously Liverpool are gonna or Liverpool Napoli are gonna take the highlights of that right last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're gonna see is there's some teams in the groups for all the teams that they're gonna have to wake up. Right, Benfica's no slouch, uh, and and some of these other teams. Dor- Barca seem to be. Maybe it's say with Lewandowski a rejuvenation there, right? With a hat trick he had. Um, so there's gonna be some teams that are gonna be surprises here. And then um looking at the games coming up, uh match day two, um Inter travel to Victoria Pleasant, right? 
Uh, where else we got? We got um, boom, 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 boom. where's these games? Um, uh, Napoli going to Rangers. No, no way fans allowed at that game. We talked about that. Milan hosting Dynamo Zagreb, and then um, Juventus hosting Benfica. So it's uh, some interesting games in that second leg. I think obviously the Benfica match is going to be very difficult. I think for Juventus. Um, Milan game shouldn't be as difficult because they're at home against the Zagreb. Uh, but uh, going to Victoria Pleasant for Inter, it'll be interesting as well, right? Going to the road, it's never interesting, never easy to go to a Europe, Eastern European uh, country uh, and and face those fans who are so passionate for the game, um, and they feel like they're right on top of you. So you know, some some good games here for these uh, um, Champions League teams here for the for Italians. Yep, um, I think that. Milan beat Zagreb. Um, Zagreb have some players that have some possess some skill. Mislav Orsic is certainly going to be the guy you're going to have to keep an eye on, not just because he scored against Chelsea. I mean, he's got a he's got a variety of skill in his in his locker. He not only can can finish in those particular situations, but he can um, he can cross. He's he's good on the dead ball. He's useful. Um, Petkovic up front is a veteran striker. He's not as mobile. Um, somebody that I think the center back pairing of Milan should be able to keep in check. Uh, and then I, the, the kid that I would like to see Zagreb run out, I would like to see Batorina play. Um, they're number 10. Um, he's kind of being hailed by a cup by some as a, as the, as a, as a future Luka Modric. Um, very technical. I, I saw him in the qualifying. I think they said Bodo Glimt. I think they played. Um, like what I saw. You know, just technical. Doesn't really kill you in possession. Um, you know, and uh, you know, seems to make seems to make good decisions. Uh, kind of growing into it. I mean, he's a guy that could possibly from the midfield, uh, if he can get the ball, he could attract some attention. So, but overall. Um, I expect Milan to win this game. I Leo's going to play the full 90 minutes because he can't play the following weekend. Uh, I, I don't think that Zagreb really have anybody defensively that can cope with him. Um, I said the same thing about the combination of Sterling and Aubameyang, but the problem is, is I think Sterling's just really, really greedy and wants to create his own shot all the time. And Aubameyang really didn't do much for him, where I think that you've seen now here in the last couple of games, Leo is willing to include his teammates. You know, an assist for Salamakas, an assist for Macias. He's not trying to do it all himself. So I think that there's a difference there. Um, and I think that he's a he's the key danger man in this game. Milan will win this 2-0. Um, they'll get three points. They'll be on four points through two games. Inter, I think, will win narrowly at Platson. It's a difficult travel for them. Um, but I think that there's enough there to go ahead and get it done. Uh Napoli at Rangers. Now, this is being is this being moved today? What's do we have that story? I don't have the story on that. I do have the story on Osteman's injury. Um, I do know he's out possibly for up to five weeks. Uh, they're what they're calling it is a right femoral bicep injury, uh, it's a second degree lesion on it. Uh, so possibly it's a slow recovery, you think, but Napoli trying to be coy with it. But people are, are thinking it's probably up to four to five weeks with it. Uh, that, um, I know. All the thing I've heard about this game is that um, due to security issues, whether it's because of the, the Queen's passing or whatever, they're not allowing any away fans at either either leg. Of, so no Napoli fans are allowed to go to, to Rangers, and the Rangers aren't allowed to come to Naples. Um, but I don't know if they've changed date or anything else. It's very possible. Julian, do you know? 
Uh, I haven't heard anything yet. No. I okay. I don't know how they're going to police that, but that'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I would say that, okay, Rangers, I think, Rangers got their doors blown off against Ajax. They're dealing with injury crises right now um, that they found a way to get past PSV to get to this league stage, but now they're in a group with the big boys and Ajax battered them. They, they miss not having Morelos. Um, uh, among a couple of other players, I, I think Napoli will win. I, they, they, but they're going to win narrowly. It's going to be. It's not going to be something that Napoli go walking away with. But I think that they win. Um, I'll say two 0 uh, for that one. Um, I don't think that they run up the score like Ajax was able to. Um, but it's I not Liverpool, gonna, right? What's that? <laughs> it's not Liverpool. Well, no. I mean, it's. Um, and, but with Rangers, you do have to be careful with Tavernier. Uh, the right fullback, he loves to come forward, loves to cross, loves to shoot. Um, Barisic coming on the left-hand side. They've got good fullbacks. Um, they've got some decent midfield decent midfield play. Cholot's a guy with some Serie A experience, played at Torino. Uh, he'll be their striker if Morelos can't play. I don't think he can. Um, and uh, there's another player in there that was interesting to me. Um, uh, but anyway... Uh, I, I think Napoli will have enough to win. I think that Spalletti was smart in how he rotated his team against Spezia, got it right, uh, and he'll get this right 2-0. And then finally, Juve Benfica. I I see. I, that's, that, I just think that's got nil-nil written all over it. Um, Benfica defend really well. They've got experience with Otamendi back there. Vlacodimos is a good goalkeeper. Um, there's creativity up front with Rafa Silva um, and with – uh, David Neres that is going to give Juve problems and is going to make Allegri very, very wary of what they threaten to do going forward. Um, so I see him trying to neutralize this game. I see them trying to grind this out. And I see nil-nil here. I, I I think that these teams, and then Benfica won't be bothered at all uh, going to Italy getting a point. And I think that I also attribute this to Juve's recent history against Portuguese teams has just not been good. Um, so... I will. Uh, I'll, I'll go nil nil there. So I think we come away pretty positively this week. This week in Serie A, Milan, Inter, Napoli all coming away with wins, and I think that Juve will come away with a draw. What do you think, Julian? Yeah, no, I, I, that, I think uh, Juventus versus Benfica is going to be a draw. I have a one on one the way I see it. I think uh, Benfica is pretty strong offensively, and seeing uh, that the Juventus back line a bit vulnerable lately, like I just. I just don't see them not being. Uh, I just don't see them. They see them being capable of holding on to a zero-zero uh, scoreline. So I think one-one's a, a fair scoreline uh, for the draw. And then Inter versus Plazen. It's it's going to be a tough game. Although the uh, Plazen isn't necessarily a strong team, I think uh, it's a hostile environment. It's a it's a stadium full of passionate fans, and especially in a group where they're not really expected to make it out. Uh, you're gonna have a uh, you're gonna have your supporters back you up all the way. So uh, I and especially right now, Inter haven't reached the heights that they did last season. They're far from their best, so it's gonna be really difficult. Uh, it's gonna be really difficult for Inter, but I do think they'll edge. Uh, they'll edge and uh, edge one zero. I think they'll come away with a with a one goal difference. And then uh, I have Milan and Napoli uh, winning fairly comfortably. Um, they've showcased some high quality uh, football recently and. And I think they'll uh, 
they'll uh, they'll get there they'll get through with ease i think all yeah, right that's pretty pretty fair and i think uh for me i think inter milan and napoli all win i uh, i am i'm agreement agreement with bob i should say that i think benfica goes into juventus i mean salernitana scored two goals against juventus i think benfica cool. goes in there wins two to one um I think mm. that midfield is too much for Allegri and Juventus. It'll be uh, even more screaming going yeah. towards Allegri's camp with Allegri out comments. But, uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, interesting. Interesting yeah. comments. Um, do we want to talk about Europa in conference? Yeah, well, let's talk about Europa real quick. Uh, we know the scores already, right? You mentioned how Roma lost Ludogrets and Lazio, you know, pounded on Feyenoord. Uh, look at the games coming up this week. We got uh, where are they? Lazio going to Midtjylland, right? Uh, that's uh, always a difficult game to go to. And Roma hosting uh, uh, the the Finnish team HJK. Um, so interesting games. I think for me, at least, I think Roma should should get an easy win. But I said that last week too, right? That didn't really work out. Uh, I do think I do think they will bounce back though with a win there, a narrow win, and I think Lazio can get a win on the road there. I, I, I I'm liking the way they've been playing lately, and so, uh, yeah, I hopefully, I don't, hopefully for Italian sake, both Roman clubs uh, prevail this uh, on the midweek. What do you guys think? Yes, they'll both win. I mean, Roma will win against Helsinki. I think Helsinki's just a little out of their depth. They put in a pretty brave performance against the Betis team that was actually pretty undermanned. Um, you know, William Jose ended up scoring a couple of goals uh, in that game, but otherwise they didn't have the – they didn't put their strongest team out there, let's just face it. Um, so I think that that's fine. Midgeland just can't defend, um, and that's not a good recipe when you've got Immobile um, and, heck, even Matias Vecino, who went off and scored two goals against Feyenoord, uh, <laughs> running at you, the inter-reject. The uh, <laughs> making Lazio look good. Um, uh, Mitchell and were beaten by Sturm Graz uh, on Thursday. There's there's not much here. There's some decent players. Evander's a, a creative player for them. Uh, Pioni Sisto is a guy that I would suggest uh, could give Husai some problems if Husai's starting on the right. Um, experienced uh, a Danish international player. But they're a poor team defensively, and I think that Lazio get multiple goals here. Yeah, both Roman sides win. Um, I, you know, I'm not worried. And then for the uh, Fiorentina, um, I'm just pulling that up right now. Yeah, Fiorentina play Basaksha here. So that's going to be an interesting game in Istanbul. So that's going to be a, a difficult game. Of the three games for, you know, between uh, Roma, Lazio, and Fiorentina, they got the most difficult uh, encounter for them. Julian, what do you think about uh, that game against Bissaksa here? Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be tough, especially heading to Istanbul. It's, uh, it's a hostile environment, not somewhere where you'd want to go uh, away. Uh, it's it's going to be tough because we, we uh, Fiorentina were far from the best today against uh, Bologna. I think it's going to be a, a, a draw. I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw, yeah. I'll go with Bissaksa here winning. I think that Fiorentina might take less and less interest in being in this competition as we go. I, I, I think they're probably looking at the landscape right now, sitting in 11th. You could see them pushing the panic button of, do we really need this? Um, and uh, maybe not prioritizing uh, this competition as much, but we'll see. Um, 
yeah, Ollie, Ollie Oxenfree is agreeing with me here too. So, yeah. Um, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes, but that's just kind of the gut feeling going to turn. That's a tough, uh, tough place to go and get a result. The Soxie here is known to leak some goals too. Um, but I, I, it'll be an entertaining game. I think there'll be goals, but I'll, I'll give the Soxie here the win. I'm going to go three, two. I think it'll be, I think it'll be, I, I think it'll be an adventurous game. I think the Fiorentina is starting to get a little bit spent. They're going to give, they're going to, they're going to have some things open up and I think they're going to try to open up and go at the other, going at Going at the Turks, three-two is where I'm going to go, and I'm going to give it to Basaksi here. I think they win. I think, uh, yeah, Basaksi here win two to one. I think just because that that home crowd is daunting, another difficult place yeah. to play. Um, and so, yeah, we saw this past weekend, I guess, in their in their league game that they had uh, fans jumping into the crowd, kicking after guys. You know, so anything can happen there. Uh, you probably get bottles thrown at you in the corners and stuff as well. So, but yeah, I think it's going to be a lot. For even if Fiorentina want this game, it's going to be hard to to get the victory there. So I, yeah, I think I said we'll get the victory here. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are our thoughts on Europe. We've recapped uh, match week six. Um, we've uh, discussed Europe uh, real quickly, Richard. The goals of the week. I'm just going to go with the Sensi free kick for goal of the week. Okay. Um, and uh, not say a whole lot. I'm going to. You can put the uh, team goal for Milan in there that was finished by Messias. You could put the Mignon double save in there. Uh, Samardzic, uh, his goal, I think, was impressive. Um, and then I will go with the Handanovic save. Uh, who was it against? It was, in, it was on, uh, under the wall. Torino? Um, yeah, against Torino. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are, you know, plays of the week. Because I don't think there were a lot of – there was a lot of quality – in the goals and then Berardi's goal of the season right now uh, against Lecce doesn't look threatened by anything that happened this week. But uh, what do you guys think? Julian, do you have a goal of the week or a goals of the week or plays of the week? Play of the week, definitely Milan's goal. Like I think that was pretty impressive the way they built out of the back and, and scored that goal. It was very cohesive goal of the week. Some Arzic. I think it was, that was a spectacular long range shot yet again. Um, uh, after uh, doing it against the uh, against Roma in that 4-0 victory, he replicated that very well. And uh, save of the week, I'm gonna have to go with Handanovic's uh, save against Torino. Uh, that was quite impressive and a very good way to make a statement. Uh, following uh, Onana starting against uh, Bayern Munich and him potentially losing his spot within the starting eleven. Just trying yeah. to tell, just trying to tell Inzaghi, don't forget about me. I know yeah, that. Yeah. I know that. I mean, Onana had probably like ten saves against Bayern, which is impressive. And then yeah, like, oh, yeah. Hey, I can still do it. I can still do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still got it. <laughs> uh, my top five. Let's see. Um, uh, honorable mentions. My honorable mention. I'm going to go with the Messias and Milan team goal is an honorable mention. Uh, Sensi's free kick is an honorable mention for me as well. Uh, and my last honorable mention is Immobile from Sergei Milinkovic Savic, a wonderful cross by Milinkovic Savic uh, that found that. Um, Immobile and back hitter, but uh, my top five as is. I love the play between Loriente and Fratesi for the goal there with Sassuolo, yes. so that's number five for me. Number four, Raspadori again, the game winning goal in the 89th minute or 87th minute for, for Napoli, getting the, all three points there. That comes number four. Number three, I'm going Barella Tabrozovic uh, to get the game winning goal there, back door. That's number three. Number two for me, I'm going to go Handanovic. His saves against Vlasic, uh, Rodriguez, that was the the free kick goal you were talking about, Frank, uh, under the wall that he saved with the with his foot. Uh, also, the, the foot save against uh, Vlasic as well. 
Uh, and my number one play of the week is Magnon's double save at the end of the game. That could have been a game winner or game tying goal for Sabdoria. Three shots in succession. He saved two of them. One of them hit the post. That's my play of the week. We're still uh, we still have uh, Domenico Berardi at the top of our leaderboard yep. for goal of the season. Uh, the volley against Lecce. So that has not been touched uh, just yet. So. <laughs> All right, and now is the moment that uh, everybody in the chat really just hangs out for, um, and they just throw these takes <laughs> at us just to get just to get through uh, the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won, Kelso Twitter? Richard, lead us off. Uh, yeah, Julian gets to pop his cherry with this in here. So first, start uh, Bob, who's in the chat, uh, nominated this one. This came from Art Morelli. So original tweet came from Liverpool FC help and Liverpool also. And the tweet was, fans should not congregate in public areas, should avoid becoming isolated in areas away from the port of the area of the city of Naples. Uh, we strongly recommend you avoid the city centers. If you choose to visit, please be aware that you may be targeted of theft, robbery, or assault. So Art chimed in after the game. Hey, oh, uh, Joe Gomez got his pocket picked twice in 30 minutes already. I guess you guys are right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, and our friend uh, at Napoli Sansone just follows up with that and says, Liverpool fans didn't realize that the most dangerous thing in Naples is the team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) all right. Uh, This one comes in from uh, Ricardo9933. It says, Jurgen Klopp was in Naples. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Don Totti at fan of no underscore one inter bullied by the Hernandez brothers three days apart. <laughs> Teo in the Derby and then uh, Lucas. Luke, and, uh, Lucas in the Champions League. League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What a, what a, Bob, Mr. Bob nominated something else. What else is this? Napoleonismo. Here we go. God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Prince Charles with Ramsey scores tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's just Giuseppe. That's just Juve there celebrating at the game. <laughs> Is that Giuseppe? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Is okay. Yeah. <laughs> Prince Charles and Ramsey scores tonight. Oh, oh goodness. Okay. Uh, let's see. Napoli Sansone. Yep, Napoli Sansone saying the Scudetto favorites have lost in the Europa League to a Bulgarian side. Talking about, of course, Roma. Living to lose regrets. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, next is coming from uh, Johannes underscore Abin. And it's uh, so the original tweet was uh, Lex said, uh, EPL fans, what Serie, games, what Serie A games do you plan on watching this weekend? And then uh, somebody chimed in, Juve Salernitana. I want to see just how bad Juventus is. <laughs> <laughs> and they got to see it. They got to see it. Nice. <laughs> uh, nice. So the, the, the stink is beyond those of us that just follow. Oh, at least let's do Serie A five aside team. Let's get it. We got Sassuolo. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Carlos Chiesi from Italy. Chiesi. Plays for Italy. I'll put him <laughs> I was getting. And is a very good defensive league, so I think I'm gonna have a, like three backs or something. We got uh, Bernardo. casuals tuning into Serie A uh, this weekend. I'm gonna take the ball because he's rumored to uh, actually go there. I'm gonna put him left wing back. Left uh, wing back. Man, what do we he's need? A striker, a goalkeeper, a white right wing back. I think. We got Toronto. 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 I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Alonso Davis, and we're gonna put him right wing back. Alonso Davis. I was good, man. We got a great team, man. So far, decent for Serie A. I'll say. We got Beneficio, 1990. <laughs> Beneficio. We're gonna take uh, 
Jujana Buffon or whatever for the goalkeeper. I only use a good striker. I'm hurt. I'm hoping I get like Milan or something. No cap. <laughs> we got Apollo FC. Apollo. What did Slapton have his first stint over there? Yamaka's <laughs> off striker. Oh my god. Slapton is Emily. Got the leader in the clubhouse. Oh, we have a leader in the clubhouse. Oh. Uncle Sharma. Very nice. Yeah, yeah that was good. He Very did that. Nice. That guy did a similar video for the uh, Champions League teams, and he called uh, Shakhtar Donetsk wax tap. Wow. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know where we are anymore. <laughs> uh, we're uh, Napoleonismo PL fans watching QVP Salernitana on Sunday. Oh, that's good. Oh. All right, we already did that one. Uh, what's oh. the next one? So Sabrina, she nominates uh, Milan Club of Philly, and it's Decatea uh, comes What is what is this about? Decatea Lars' first goal. Oh, Decatea comes to Kimiyama. That's a mouthful. <laughs> is that what C. Polilo's calling him these days? <laughs> what's that? No. Oh, All man. right, so uh, at Gianni Rules 27, the Calcio Twitter timeline right now, Juve and Milan fans arguing Chiesa is better, Leao is better, Napoli fans enjoying Farachkelia. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> All right, um, where are we? Oh, okay, let's see. Mr. Napoli Bob again. and Ismo just must not have had anything to do last week. You love this video. I love this video. <laughs> Julian, if you haven't seen this, enjoy. This guy from Haiti is excited to run. Totally Juventus. Sam. He's in the far left lane. <laughs> oh, no. So close. So close. Oh, Juventus my God. So close. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Bob, thank you for sending all of these. Let's move uh, on yeah. to, uh, let's see, is it Crow underscore looks? Uh, let Allegri cook the cooking uh, raw hot dogs in Cheerios with a slice of cheese. <laughs> and that was a response to um, Napoleonissimo, of course, who says, who cares about losing to Serlintana at home when all we can still remember the five good minutes at the 2-1 loss to PSG? <laughs> Oh, okay, moving on. Uh, Roma Rush says uh, Agnelli and Allegri trying to call the VAR official families to threaten them after today. Call anonymous. You call anonymous. I, I can't. They know me. They know my voice. <laughs> They'll know me. Please, you better do it for me. I'm begging you. Please. This is good. <laughs> I nominated this. I'm living here. No, I'm way too comfortable in my wing tips. Call, call anonymous. You call it. I call anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then like to round that. out the batch, um, Toby Gillis, Toby Gillis, um, Gillis 15 uh, nominated uh, this one from at Berna Ball. It says, good result against a strong Salernitana team. Every week, Allegri proves he's the right man for the job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julian, what do you think? Yeah, you, Julian, as our guest, you get the honors of picking the winner this week. Uh, I for me, I think the winner has to go to uh, Uncle Sharma. I think that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's typical, typical for really casuals tuning in. <laughs> that was very well done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Very well done. Okay, so I am going to go ahead and uh, uh, give uh, Uncle Sharma the win. Um, although I want to say that uh, Kristen Einwillan is a good one too. The uh, the the Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna good. give. I'm gonna. I'm. We're gonna make Uncle Sharma the winner as our our, our guest is anointed. Uh, Richard, meanwhile, why don't uh, actually uh, Julian? While I do that, uh, the floor is yours. Anything that you want to plug, talk about uh, here, um, just uh, have at it. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Instagram, cultural at cultural Julian. My Twitter handle is cultural uh, at cultural Julian as well. And if you guys want to check out my work uh in terms of articles you could check out the the cult of calcio and the uh, foot italia and as well as the uh, forza napoli press for all your uh napoli news uh everything regarding napoli basically beautiful Excellent. beautiful beautiful so right, right there frank uh yeah go ahead richard anything you want to say to the people uh n- no, I mean, uh, thanks again for obviously following us along in the chat and uh, enjoying uh, sending all those uh, recommendations for who on couch at Twitter. I mean, every week they're they're funnier and funnier. You know, it's funny. I had set up the uh, Benny Hill music that I was getting ready to post, and I was so excited about the uh, actual tweets that I forgot to put it on. But it's it's all right. I'll put it on uh, post chat. But uh, yeah, no, we got uh, this week is wrapped up, and then we'll see. I'm from here on out. I am probably on the fly. I may be called for baby duty here anytime now. So. Maybe I'll be here next week. Maybe not. But uh, I'm excited for next weekend's, you know, baby aside. I'm excited for Milan and Napoli. A big time uh, encounter between the two of the best teams of the league this year. Yeah. It's a shame that uh, Leal is not going to be there because we want to see both teams at full strength. Havrashele is going to have a hell of a time in the right wing side. You know, I'm sure Calabria and uh, Messias or, or Salamaker, he's probably, you know, he's probably going to start in this game. Yeah. But how Milan defends, you know, Havrashelia. Who wins that midfield battle is going to be big for me. I think, you know, two really good midfields going on. Both teams, you know, Balabotka and Gisa. Zelensky doing fantastic this year, as has been a Ser Tonali and whoever else is going to be in there with him, right? The Catalari at the moment. Um, so it'll be a big encounter there. I think it's going to be uh, must-see TV, right? Do, so, do you start – do you take your chances of the starting Kalulu on the right to, to deal with Kvartskalia and, and and go with maybe a Kiar Tomore center back? If Kiar's healthy enough for me, I don't know about how Julian thinks, but um, I think you need to have um, Salamakers in the game from the start because he is Talk a workhorse defensively. Yeah, he's going to have to play from the start. He I has agree. to. He has to. So I don't know. What, what do you think, Julian, for that game? What do you think is going to be the Yeah, no, I, I think definitely Alexis Salamakers has to. Although he's maybe not as clinical as Julian Messias, I think he tracks back more and he's a lot faster. Yes. Uh, compared to uh, Junior Macias in that aspect. And especially in this picture where the flanks are a place, a particular area on the pitch where Napoli tend to do- dominate. So it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, fixture for sure. And I'll just draw all over for me. Yeah. I, I, I've got a draw too. I can't pick a winner. I can't pick out a winner in this game. I'm going to go 1-1. 2-2. One, one. Uh, two, two. I think it's going to be a high-scoring uh, fixture. Okay. Yeah, I'm with Julian too. 2-2. Two, two. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what happens with that. Uh, we want to thank everybody. We want to thank everybody in the chat. If you're watching us here on YouTube for the first time, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, even better, drop a like. Uh, hit that notification bell also so you can be reminded when we uh, go live, uh, usually on Sundays around this time. So um, there might be an occasional weeknight where we have to do it based on our lives based on guest availability, et cetera, et cetera. So um, 
Serie sit down. We are putting a bow on this particular episode. Uh, we have our own podcast. We have our own channel. We have our own podcast. Of course, we have our own podcast. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There's Serie A sit down. Uh, go to at Serie A sit down on Twitter or Instagram. Questions, comments, uh, talking points for future episodes. Uh, we certainly appreciate hearing from you. We're also on Facebook. You can find us there or this YouTube channel as well. Like I said, please subscribe. Um, and uh, you, this way you are connected with us on all videos that we put out. Um, chat lively as always. Thank you guys. Uh, Julian, thank you very much for your time. Very much appreciated. Uh, something tells me this was not your only time on this podcast. We will have you again on again very soon. Uh, no, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. And look, it was really, it was very nice meeting you all. And uh, it was a, a pleasure talking uh, culture with you guys. And for all sure, right. if you guys uh, want to uh, feel like you want to have me on, let me know. And we'll, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely uh, work on it. Absolutely. Excellent. Uh, so at Calcio Julian, that's where you can follow him. Julian Faustini, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and for Richard, I'm Frank. Uh, next week, Richard may be here. He may not. I will be. So you're stuck with me for sure. Uh, we'll probably, uh, find another guest to maybe sit in Richard's seat. Uh, should he be on baby watch? Uh, he, as he is on baby watch actually, uh, with, with number two, good luck, uh, Richard to you and your family and to your wife, Liz and, and, uh, and, and all blessings for a uh, safe delivery. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So for Richard, for Julian, I'm Frank. As always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao.